Hey dudes, this is The Big Game. I'm Justin Hargett. Today is part two of Trophy Week here on The Big Game Podcast. Chris Wright joins the show, big Barcelona fan, to talk about the team's Copa del Rey victory over Athletic Bilbao. Going into this competition, the Spanish Domestic Cup competition, Barcelona had the most victories in the Copa del Rey, while Athletic Bilbao had the second most all-time. Unfortunately for Bilbao, they had to play Lionel Messi. And if you haven't seen it yet, I highly recommend that you track down the vine of Leo Messi running up the flank, dribbling between five defenders, and putting a laser strike in the bottom corner of the net to put Barcelona ahead in this game, one to nothing. From that point on, it was all but academic. Final scoreline, three to one Barcelona. Still the most successful Spanish team in the Copa del Rey. And heading into the Champions League final this Saturday against Serie A winners, Juventus, who are also looking for their own treble. On the show today, we talk about Messi's brilliance, Luis Suarez's importance to this Barcelona side, and whether it is indeed better than Pep Guardiola's 2010-2011 Champions League winners. So stick around, enjoy our Copa del Rey recap, and stay tuned for next week's episode featuring Barcelona in the Champions League final. Hey, Chris, welcome to The Big Game. Hey, Justin, thanks for having me. So um, I'm glad you're on the show today because you are the biggest Barcelona fan that I've ever met. I think. Despite <laughs> I the fact, yeah, despite the <laughs> fact that you are not uh, from Barcelona or from Spain, but still, right. I, I don't, I don't think that matters in, in today's world. But right. you know, it does matter because following Barcelona for for kind of the average American fan is quite a challenge. And I know you know this pretty well, like finding streams of the team to watch online, and and it's a problem because. Not everyone has the BN Sport Network, which is, you know, channel 8000 in your cable package. Right. <laughs> and, you know, that's the only way that you can watch Barcelona and Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid week in and week out. Um, and, you know, the rest of the teams in La Liga. And then, right. you know, especially you can watch Champions League on Fox, uh, Fox Sports, and then even on Main Fox, you know, once it gets to the finals and stuff. But, you know, most of those matches happen during the day at, you know, 2.45 in the afternoon. And... You know, it's not it's not something everyone can kind of just, you know, stop work in the middle of the day to go, you know, go down to the bar and catch uh, 90 minutes of a soccer match. So it was yep. a real delight today uh, to watch the Copa del Rey final on ESPN. They carried it on ESPN2. Great, you know, near summer afternoon and just a beautiful chance to watch Lionel Messi at his very, very best. Um, Barcelona came away with a 3-1 victory here over Athletic Bilbao. Um, who was ranked, I think it was seventh in the table this season. So yep. not, not a very challenging matchup, um, but Bar- it was just a, it was kind of a tune-up, I think, for Barcelona's um, entry into the Champions League final next weekend. I think this is probably going to be the same lineup we saw uh, today as we will see next week. So what did you think your initial impressions of Barcelona in the Copa del Rey final? Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you um, as far as it being a tune-up game. You know, Athletic Bilbao, you know, not their toughest opponent uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, The lineup will probably be the exact same starting 11 starting against Juventus. Um, But I think, you know, they were able to to get out there and just, you know, you can see them do some tricks and flicks and have a little fun with it once they had a few goals um, towards the end. 
Neymar tried a ridiculous um, <laughs> rainbow and yeah. all of the Bilbao players came over and kind of like pushed him down and was getting <laughs> in his face because I guess they thought it was um, disrespectful. But anyway, um, you know, I think they played well, played tight, um, passes as always, pass and move, pass and move. Um, the goals were, especially Messi's goal, which we'll get to in a second, was you know, absolutely genius to watch and to watch again and watch again and watch again. How many times, um, how many times did you stream that vine? I mean, good Lord. I posted it on Facebook and I, I sat there and watched it about 25 times of just the vine of him doing that. And then I watching, um, watching the game. I think the best angle for the goal was actually behind like, you know, back from the other goal, like zoomed in at his feet <laughs> because you just see his little tiny legs and feet just chopping and moving as fast as they can. Um, and the player and the defenders are trying to get to him and, and, you know, it's just nowhere, nowhere near it. I think it was a little deceptive uh, for the people at home to watch that replay. And if maybe if you if you didn't watch soccer all the time, you didn't quite realize how brilliant it was. And, and it was. And I mean, the commentator said, out of this world, pure genius. And I think that was probably the best way to instantly call that play because it looks deceptive in slow motion. You, th- you can kind of, you know, if you're, if you're used to playing, you know, a FIFA soccer game or something, you know, maybe you can pull off that trick every once in a while. And when you watch it in slow-mo, you're like, yeah, he steps to the left, he steps to the right, he moves around the guy, he, you know, he takes a long touch and then he, and then he curls it into the bottom net. You know, what's the big deal? But he's right. doing it at full speed. You know what I mean? Or, or he's varying his speed where he kind of, slows down and speeds up and sprints and then slows down and, and you know, dribbles. And it was really, really incredible. Do you think this was Messi's, like, okay. greatest goal of the season or greatest goal of his career? Do, can you think of any, like, off the top of your head that might be better than this one? I would say this is definitely top five. Um, I'm thinking, you know, in, like, 2006, 2007, his solo goal against Hitafe, which is, like, the one that everyone compares to the Maradona solo goal from mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the Argentina-England game um, from the World Cup in the 70s, um, where, you know, and then I can think of one in the Champions League final um, against, or not Champions League final, um, it was a Champions League semifinal against Real Madrid a few years ago, where it was a semi, uh, similar kind of solo goal. Um, so I think this is definitely, like, top five for Messi. So yeah, he starts, you know, at the halfway line and he just kind of stands over the ball. Um, and then he cuts left and then back right. And then, you know, when he gets down that flank on the right, he has three guys coming towards him. Any other player would just kick it off of the defender and take a, a throw in and just have it there. But Messi finds the exact eight inches that the ball can squeeze through of the six legs around him of defenders. You know, he passes it past the guy, runs around him, he gets into the box, cuts past another defender onto his left foot, and then rips it into the near post. And, you know, I, I feel like the best defender on that goal was Luis Suarez because he jumped in front of him and he almost <laughs> deflected the ball past, you know, past the goal. Yeah. Well, that's a great, that's a great yeah. point because it kind of leads me into the next thing I want to talk about. And, you know, that is the importance of Luis Suarez to this Barcelona team. Um, because I think what it's done a little bit this season compared to last season, like you mentioned, Messi was coming up the flank uh, to start that play, and that's where I think he's been a lot in this season, where he kind of he kind of drifts out far deep and wide, and then he gets involved in the play, and then he helps bring it forward, and Suarez is there to kind of absorb the pressure up top, move defenders around, and kind of create this space for Messi to work his magic. Um, 
What do you think of the Luis Suarez experiment so far at Barcelona? I mean, it's just been a resounding success, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's what 120 goals between Messi, Neymar, and Suarez this season. Yeah, I we mean, didn't even get to name. I didn't even mention Neymar. I mean, that's how incredible this is. It's a, it's astounding. I mean, you watch, you know, Suarez in the center, Messi on the right, and uh, Neymar on the left, and they, you know, when they, like you said, Messi this season has stuck to that right side. And, you know, and he always throws that diagonal ball across the, def- you know, ahead of the defenders into the path of Neymar. But, you know, they, they keep their position when they're moving fast like that. So you see in the build-up play, you know, they, they don't rush together. They don't clump together. They keep spread apart. So, you know, when uh, Suarez set up the Neymar goal, the second goal of this game, it, it was like he didn't even need to look to the left. He knew that Neymar would be coming down you know, to his left to just tap it into an empty net because I've seen that goal from Suarez to Neymar, you know, at least 10 times this season. Yeah, that play was incredible because I, I went back, I rewound the uh, the DVR and, and I watched it again. And if you go back and watch that whole sequence, I think there are eight Barcelona players that touch the ball before it goes. In. And it, they, were, they weren't all complete passes, so it wasn't this kind of beautiful pass, 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 pass. Um, right. There was, I think, there's a deflection off of a, a defender in there or something. But just kind of the way that they worked the ball, like they tried to go around the left side and then they swung it back around to the right side and then they picked through the offense. And it really was the best of that kind of old tiki taka scoring. Absolutely. Um, and I, I feel like with Suarez, you know, I read an article or with it was an interview with him recently where he said that his job is to help. Messi and Neymar and you know in past years when Barca would try to bring in that extra striker support with Ibrahimovic um, you know it it didn't quite work out because there was not that they didn't gel it wasn't that like I don't know I feel like there's this like I'll help you all the time you help me you know it's just like giving and giving and giving unselfish play um, all the time with the front three. Do you wonder if that will continue if if they start to stumble I mean that's my fear is that you know, anyone can be selfish when you're sharing trophies. But as soon as times right. get a little bit tough, you know, maybe one guy starts to maybe Suarez takes that shot and then he alienates Neymar. And then in the next game, Neymar doesn't make the pass that, you know, could have won the game. Do you think this team can withstand any misfortunes going forward? Maybe if they don't come away with the Champions League title or if they, they stumble early next season? I would hope so. And I, I think they would be able to, you know, to move past that because, you know, even with the quality of players that Barcelona has, you know, you do have bad games and you have, you know, obviously games where you lose. But um, I think there have been moments like that this season, but they bounce back uh, really well. And, you know, they keep that they keep that attitude to help each other. And that's what brings them success. Well, let's talk a little bit about their opponent in this game. Uh, sure. Sometimes what happens on this podcast is uh, we get so enamored with the performance of the victors, it's often kind of an afterthought to talk about the <laughs> opponent. But I want to talk about Athletic Bilbao a little bit uh, now. Were there any performances on this team that really stuck out to you? Um, you know, they were pretty quiet. I think they had, you know, less than 30% possession during the game and and just, you know, not very many good quality shots on goal. But was there anyone here that kind of stuck out to you? Any players that, you know, you might see maybe hope to make a move to a bigger squad somewhere else? Yeah, the player that really um, stuck out was the Dutch striker Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's about, I think they said he was 20 years old. But he um, he, he scored the goal, the only goal for Bilbao. Um, and he also had uh, an excellent 
shot. It was like a half volley at the end of the first half that hit the woodwork, um, which would have been an excellent goal if it would have went would have went in. Um, but I feel like he had a lot of, you know, he made some good runs. He seemed, you know, pacey real fast. The game is all about seems to be all about pace these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, they're t- they're talking about a move for him, you know, from Man United or another larger club, you know, in the works this Man- summer. Man but- United does not need to sign any more players. Right? They have. <laughs> They have enough players on their team to win a title. They just need to figure out how to do it. They just need to figure out how to score a goal. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's interesting. He was was definitely my standout uh, player for the game as well. And maybe that's a bit of a default because he got the goal. But I liked that sequence a lot. Um, It wasn't really so much a counterattack, but they, they were able to get a little bit of possession. It started with the goalie. It was a long pass way out to the left wing. Um, And then, you know, a little back and forth and then across into the box. Um, And basically an unmarked uh, Williams got the header and just kind of just put it past her Stegen. But it would have been nice if if Bill Bow had kind of maybe summoned up that that, you know, long ball and crossing ability to beat Barcelona's defense a little bit earlier in the game. I mean, this, you know, I think this was the 80, the 70th minute before uh, before they even got the shot on goal. Do you think they just approached this game in the wrong manner? Do you think they let Barcelona play Barcelona ball too much too early? You know, I, I think so. I it It's difficult for them coming into the game because it's in the Camp Nou. It's in Barcelona's home stadium. Um, and I don't know if you, you read about this or heard about this. Both teams wanted it to be in Real Madrid Stadium, the Santiago Bernabeu, but... Madrid was not having it. They didn't want Barcelona to to win a trophy in their stadium, mm-hmm. um, and so they like had a vote on it. And Camp Nou was the was the choice. So you know they're already at a disadvantage because they're playing in Barcelona's home stadium. What was the um, reasoning behind the vote? I mean, I mean, there's still like such a home field advantage to that they couldn't have found another stadium in Spain to host the to host the final. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I feel like that you know they could have gone to Valencia's stadium or. Um, Atletico Madrid Stadium. I, to be honest, I have no idea why it went to Barcelona. I, I definitely feel like it's an unfair advantage to have. I feel like the um, DOJ needs to get an investigation going into why the Copa del Rey was held <laughs> at the camp now. We can just chalk it up to stepladder and all of his uh, <laughs> corruption there. But so, yeah, I feel like going in, you know, they kind of had the disadvantage because they're going into someone else's home stadium, you know, they didn't have the experience that Barcelona's had. Um, I remember the commentator saying that only one of the starting 11 for Athletic Bilbao had played in a Copa final before, whereas eight of the 11 starting for Barcelona had played in a final before. Mm -hmm. You know, the way that they played, it was like you said, I wish wish they would have tried the long ball a little earlier or the cross in to Williams or Adjuriz, the, the striker. Um, a little sooner, but it seemed like they couldn't even, they couldn't keep the ball for long. You know, like with Barcelona, every time the opponent has the ball, you have two guys right at you, ready to take it off your feet mm-hmm. at any time. Um, their the the work rate is through the roof with getting the ball back as soon as you lose it. I remember back in uh, Pep Guardiola days, they would they would talk about the training where they would have like two seconds to get the ball back if they lost it, or else they would do push-ups or something like oh, that. Oh man, that's a tough drill. Yeah. <laughs> well, so what do you think? Do you think that this Barcelona squad is better than, you know, Pep's Champions League winners of 2010-11? Uh, that's a tough call. I mean, it's definitely a different squad. I feel like they, they play they play differently. You know, 
they still do tiki taka to a certain point and they keep the ball well but um they definitely they play differently you know in that squad of 2011 you have players like puyol in defense and man oh man did i miss puyol in the past few years <laughs> yeah um, for barcelona and spain i don't know I, f- I feel like they they play differently i feel like this team you know obviously better attacking um, 120 goals with the the trident up front, and that's with Suarez not playing until October. Yeah, yeah. Imagine um, how many they would have had if he'd played the other months. Yeah, I mean, I th- it's it's hard for me to call. It's hard for me to say. Um, I mean, they have a, a statue of Messi outside of Wembley from the 2011 <laughs> Champions League final. So. Well, I mean, I think what I like more about this squad compared to the pure tiki taka of the past is, you know, you mentioned it earlier, Lionel Messi is starting to play deeper, farther out on the wing, and that long diagonal ball that he tosses up to Neymar. You know, they should have had a goal, I think, in the first 10 minutes of this game, um, and it was called offsides wrongly. You know, it was a wonderful strike from Neymar on that long diagonal pass, um, and almost every time he does it, it's lethal. And I think that just totally changes the dynamic of the way you play because, you know, then you can you can have these moments where you're high pressing on defense, getting turnovers, making short, short, quick passes. But then you can also kind of play long. You know, you've got a goalie that comes way, way out um, and helps distribute. And then you've then you've got this ability for for, you know, Messi and Neymar to kind of vary their style of play. You know, maybe you've got Neymar out doing uh, his, you know, beautiful footwork and tricks and rainbows and trying to beat somebody one-on-one. Or maybe you've got uh, Messi springing him on a long sprint or Suarez holding it up and laying it off. So, you know, I think this this Barcelona squad seems more dynamic, if maybe a little more vulnerable on the defensive side without Puyol and, and other uh, veteran defenders like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, like we, we both mentioned earlier, with Messi, you know, he's taking more of like a, I mean, he still scored, you know, 57, 58 goals this season, but he takes more of a playmaker role where he gets involved, he gets back deep, um, he, he has the assist. You know, I think Iniesta only had maybe one or two assists this whole season, um, <laughs> but that doesn't mean he hasn't been, you know, an integral part of the team, but he's just like, you know, Messi, Neymar, Suarez, that combination, they just feed off of each other and feed each other all the time. Yeah, it's been it's been such fun to watch and I wish, you know, I wish La Liga was a little more accessible for US audiences so that we could kind of watch Barcelona week in and week out. But it also at the same time, you know, I kind of wish the competition in La Liga was a little bit more of a challenge for them. I mean, you know, it still came down to the wire, but ultimately it's, you know, the same three or four teams all the way to the top. Um, but that's a, that's what's going to be so exciting for next week. So let's look forward to the Champions League final. Uh, Barcelona is looking for the treble, which is the uh, winning their domestic league, winning their domestic cup, which they did today, and winning the European Cup. Uh, Juventus coming out of Italy's Serie A is looking for the same thing as well on their side. What do you see coming out of this game? Who do you, who do you think will uh, have the advantage and will ultimately go home with the UEFA Champions League trophy? You know, I'm thinking that um, as a Barcelona fan, I have to say that I hope and think that Barcelona will win the treble. Um, but I, I feel like going against Juventus is going to be a tough battle. You know, they're a very good defensive team. We saw that against their game against Real Madrid. Um, 
their defenders were incredible in that game. So I think the, it's going to be a great battle with um, Suarez and Chiellini again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the, but, the World Cup rematch. Yeah, the World Cup rematch. Um, but yeah, I, I think that Barcelona, I think they just have too much talent and too much uh, pace and skill and quality. I mean, the thing with Messi is like, what do, you, what do you do with him? Like, how do you stop him? You can't put two players on him because he just draws more players and then finds an open man. You know, we, with the solo goal that we saw against Bilbao, it's just, you know, there's not really a lot you can do to defend against that. Um, but I'm hoping for a good game for um, from both sides there. Yeah, it, I think it'll be good. It, it'll be a big one. Um, I haven't watched much of Juventus this year. Uh, again, I just, I don't follow Serie A all that much, but now that it's, you know, uh, time to hand out a trophy. I think I'll tune in and, and give it a watch. I'm excited to watch Carlos Tevez again. It's been, you know, I, I love to follow the Premier League, and it's been a while since he played for Man City. And I know he's been pretty pivotal in the success that Juventus has had this season. You know, we, we've kind of talked about it a little bit, but, you know, Barcelona's defense is really the biggest question mark they have. I mean, they've looked much better recently, but, uh, you know, even some of the earlier Champions League uh, games they, they they looked a little bit vulnerable on the defense. Do you think Tevez and the Juventus offense? I think Paul Pogba, right? Do you think they're going to give uh, Barcelona's defenders a headache? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think Tevez will be a, a little gnat in the ear of the defenders the entire game. He, I mean, he's always moving, always trying to find space. He's very quick. He has a lethal shot um, inside, outside of the box. I think he's definitely going to give him trouble. I hope that Andre Terstegen, the German goalkeeper, doesn't show his youth, if that makes sense. I yeah, feel like there are, yeah. there are a couple of times in this Bilbao game where he really could have given away a couple of goals with his trying to be fancy footwork in the box and trying to play tiki-taka with defenders <laughs> in his own box when I just want him to clear the ball. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm hoping that, you know, I mean, he's had some great games in the past, but he's also let in a few cheap goals in the Champions League because he's Barcelona's Champions League goalie. Claudio Bravo is the La Liga goalie. Um, so I'm hoping that he will just play smart. Yeah. Uh, that would be crazy if, if we saw maybe like a uh, a big error early in the earlier in the match and then see him get pulled. But I guess you just never you never see that in soccer. So that's probably not going to happen. Right. But an error like that would, would change the game and turn it on its head if Barcelona were down, Barcelona were down early. What's your projection for the uh, final score of the game? Um, do you think we'll go? Gonna, do you think we'll go into extra time? Is there a chance? I don't think it'll be extra time. I think it'll probably be maybe two, two zero or two one to Barcelona. All right. You know what? I think I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a tough match, and I think it's gonna be draw. At, uh, I think it's going to be a draw at the end of regular time. So I think it's going to be 2-2, and then it's going to play an extra time, and Messi's going to have a chance to win it, and I think he will. Um, I, th- I think ultimately Barcelona's, Barcelona's going to come away with this. And they'll put another statue of Messi outside of that stadium as well. <laughs> <laughs> Statues of Messi for everyone. Yes. All right, Chris. Well, thanks so much coming on and talking about Barcelona and the Copa del Rey. It's been a pleasure, Justin. Thank you so much, man. All right, thanks. All right, everybody, thanks for listening to The Big Game. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Leave a review if you like what you hear. Check out our website, biggamepod.com. Listen to all of our past episodes. 
For example, you can listen to part one of Trophy Week, featuring the FA Cup final between Arsenal and Aston Villa. Or to prepare for next week's Summer X Games, you can listen to our Winter X Games recap. Follow us on Twitter at BigGamePod to stay up to date on the latest big game news. And stay tuned for more next week here on the Big Game Podcast. Podcast.